right. Um, welcome to uh, GGU Presents. This is uh, Back to Basics, and I'm Mark Singer. Um, I'm Dean of the School of Undergraduate Studies at Golden Gate University. And uh, before I introduce our, our guest, I just want to say a couple of people have already sent us notes about how we've misspelled basics because it's B-A-Y-S-I-C-S. And, and these, a lot of them were alumni, and so this is good. We educated them well, but we misspelled it that way on purpose because like the bay six. Yeah, and if you have a better idea for um, how, to, how to spell things, please put it in the chat or, or in the Q&A. We're happy to deal with that. Um, I, I also want to um, recommend to you that if you have questions, you, you're all muted and there's no way around that. Um, but if you do have questions or comments, there is a Q&A um, button at the bottom um, if you on Zoom as we are. And um, by all means, please, please post your questions there and we will do our best to, to get to them, except if they're really weird, right? We're not gonna do that. Um, so, that's why the most fun though. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, all right, you're right, hit us. Yeah, <laughs> see what you got. Um, anyway, so this is, um, yeah, and Joyce, uh, who's our producer, I wanna thank Joyce Martin for helping us, has just posted in the chat area to um, let, let everyone know she'll be mo moderating um, those questions. So um, that means that, um, you know, she'll she'll be able to funnel those to us as quickly as um, as we need them to get to us. So, so all right. Well, let's let's do this then, right? Um, let's see. All right. So I'd like to welcome. Right. This is what I was leading up to. Uh, Sahar Rezai, who is the executive director of Genesis Works Bay Area, and and Genesis Works Bay Area is part of a national college access and workforce development program that empowers high school seniors through classroom training and a year long paid internship. And I could go on, but I'm going to actually ask Sahar to tell us a little bit about she, what she's uh, doing. And so, so welcome, Sahar. Thanks for, very much for being on our, our very first episode. Thank you, Mark. And we're really excited to just be partnering with Golden Gate University. I know we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, so just to give you a, a start off with an overview of, of our mission and our program. So what we're really working to do is to address two critical challenges that we're facing in the U.S. You hear visionary leaders like Jeff Weiner, founder of LinkedIn, talk about this increasing skills gap. There are positions at times that go weeks, months at a time, going unfilled. Simultaneously, we have youth across America that have the talent, the grit, the motivation, yet many lack access. The access to a professional network, the access to the right kind of training, um, and access to resources to just navigate that, the college application process. And so what we're really working to do is to, to help eliminate that gap. So as, as you mentioned, we are, a, we are a college access and workforce development program. And uh, in terms of how our, our program is broken down, so we start uh, between the junior and senior year of high school. And for us, based on our theory of change, that's a really critical point to start our engagement. Because when you think about it, you're making these really tough decisions. Should I go to college? What college can I go to? How am I going to my education. And so that really is a point where we start working with individuals and they spend the summer two months with us training. So we do professional skills training that really just focuses on soft skills development and some of those unwritten rules that you'll see when you're starting off working in a corporate environment. And we also spend time focusing on hard skills development as well, which is where Golden Gate University comes in. And for the students that are able to successfully complete that program, they then earn an internship with one of our partnering companies. So in terms of the companies that we work with here in the Bay Area, Salesforce, of course, has been a longtime champion and, and partner of ours. 
Uh, Ebony Beckwith, who's the chief philanthropy officer there, has done just a phenomenal job of creating an internship program for underserved youth at Salesforce. Hmm. We also work with Okta, uh, Box, Kaiser Permanente, so some really incredible, phenomenal companies that are here in the Bay Area. And so the students, they, they, they then do this year-long internship. So they're going to high school in the morning, and then they go to their internship in the afternoon. And during that, that year that they're with us, that development, the ongoing professional development continues to happen. So we're providing resources around financial literacy, really helping to navigate that college application process, applying for financial aid, things like that. Mm-hmm. So the outcomes of our program, um, so 96% go on to college. They're 40% are pursuing degrees in STEM education, and they're graduating at a rate 3.5 times higher than what you would typically see for this demographic. And by this demographic, I mean the vast majority of our students are first-generation college goers and are qualifying for free or reduced lunch in high school. Wow, that's that's amazing. You, you, um, I, I do want to mention before we move on that uh, you mentioned Ebony Bethwick at, at Beckwith at Salesforce. Who is an alum of GGU, by the way? Yes, I, I know that. Yeah. Yes, yes. It sounds okay. like we're both very fortunate to uh, to know her. She's, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I first met Ebony back in 2009 uh, when uh, through an internship program, and just to see what she's done to develop uh, that program at Salesforce, and and just the passion that she has. It's it's just yeah, she's 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 a great champion. Yeah, that's great. No, I'm really. In, um, excited about the, the, the way you're talking about this overall approach because you're right it's, it's not just hard skills it's soft skills it's it's yeah. and, and not only that and this is something we've been thinking about at GGU recently as well it's knowing how to navigate the system which is, is I guess that's more of a soft skill than anything else but um, it's not something that's usually taught either in high school or in the university and uh, that's so essential just making those connections knowing how to to understand the systems, you know, and, and how to move through them. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mentioned Jeff Weiner. Um, there was an article that he put out not too long ago that um, that really it's soft skills development is really that that's the main skills gap um, that we're facing in the U.S. And so I think it's at this point it's just as if not more important than those than those hard skills. And both really, I mean, you really need both to to be successful in in these environments these days because there's a lot of interaction that's happening internally and externally. Uh, with your customers, so um, so that's something that we really try to focus on, uh, and I, you know, and just having been doing this work for for eleven years now, I, I think what we hear from managers more than anything is uh, give me somebody who's hungry, who's motivated, and I, I can teach them all these other things, um, and so, so that really is something that we take into consideration, and so. Um, and when we think about soft skills development, it's really also about well, how do you problem solve, and and how do you utilize the resources that you that you have in front of you. So it's really about mindset as much as uh, training, really, that you're talking about. Right? Yeah, I think so. yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And, and just building that confidence, uh, you know, I think that it's imposter syndrome is a real thing. And, um, and so, you know, I, I, mean, I, I can't count how many times I've met a student at the beginning of our program and, you know, maybe they have trouble making eye contact and um, are just feeling, trying to feel out, well, what is this? What is this environment? And it, this is all so new. And as they progress through the program, you see they're standing taller, they're making eye contact, they're presenting in front of a large group of, it, of people. So I think that is, is actually one of the most important components of these kinds of programs, is just to help build that confidence so you feel like you really have a place at, these, at the table with these companies. Hmm. So does that, I feel like I'm launching right into this, into like the heart of it before I even got to ask you, <laughs> tell me about yourself, which I'll do in a moment. But. <laughs> You yeah. also mentioned this idea of the theory of change, and I, I'm thinking that that probably 
has to be brought to bear on what you're describing because you can't just put somebody in front of a classroom and say, do a presentation, right? So there's a theory of change, right? The, the thing that will help them get where they need to be from where they are, right? That, is that something that's like articulated by Genesis Works or is that something that you just know and you do it? What do you think? I mean, can you talk about hey, that? Absolutely. I mean, the, 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 our program starts off by really trying to build community. So it's, it's first building that level of trust the students that being able to trust us, them trusting one another. And so I, I think that, that that is a big part of when we when we look at our, our theory of change is, is really when are we engaging with students? At, it's at this critical point in time. And then also all these things that they're learning, it's a part of this larger ecosystem and it's to help launch them years to come through college and also into their career. Wow, okay, great. All right, so now I should get to the first question that I was gonna ask you, right? So, uh, which I think is also really interesting, but it goes in a different direction. So, so you mentioned that you met uh, Ebony in 2009, which means you've been doing this for some time. Can, can you talk about what brought you into the field that you're in right now? Like what brought you to Genesis Works and, and this kind of work? Sure, so uh, what brought me to working with Opportunity Youth was it actually happened during the last big economic downturn. So during the Great Recession, uh, I was working for a technology company in, in Soma and we were hit really hard with the recession. And overnight, 20% of our office was eliminated. And me being one of a, the newer team members, I, I, I was laid off. And um, I remember at the time being really scared. I, you know, living in San Francisco, uh, unemployment insurance is not gonna pay your rent here. Um, so uh, so I, I just was kind of scrambling, thinking, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? What are my next steps? And so I immediately jumped into a job search to try to find something as quickly as possible. And during that time, I also had free time, some free time now. And so I used to walk by this nonprofit organization on my way to work. And so I decided to walk in their door and, and, and try to volunteer for them. And that, that organization was a nonprofit called Year Up. And I started off as a, as a guest lecturer and it was just this immediate connection to the mission and to the work. Uh, I, I, as soon as I got in front of the students, just the eagerness that they brought into the brought to the table, the motivation, uh, just the level of engagement. It was just it, it was magnetic, and um, and so I I was really excited about volunteering for Year Up, and then uh, I ended up getting this job offer uh, for a similar type of work that I had been doing previously. And uh, I mean, financially, it was more than I had ever made up to that point. And as I was looking at this, this offer, I just couldn't bring myself to accept it. And I, I even got frustrated with myself, you know, like, what, what are you thinking? I, at that point in time, back in 2009, everybody knew someone who had been laid off here. I mean, most people did. And, um, and so I, I was really just kind of questioning myself. And then it really became clear that I wanted to be working with Opportunity Youth. And um, it almost it felt like, you know, I was being called towards that. And, um, and so I went and I approached the executive director there, a gentleman named Jay, Jay Banfield, um, who is now the chief officer of economic mobility for this fantastic organization called All Home that's focused on homelessness. Um, but uh, so I spoke with him and then and, and kind of hounded him a little bit. And that ended up turning into uh, a position. And, uh, and, and I, I was definitely also, you know, at times a little bit hesitant, oh my gosh, I'm making this big shift. Uh, what is what you know? What am I thinking at times? Um, but eleven years later, now it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life. Mm, that's great, and and I'm finding we we also have worked with Year Up, and they do great work as well. And and in fact, um, it's really become clear to me. It's fascinating. There's this 
network of community organizations that are really working not just in communities, but working to bridge this gap between, yeah. between our communities here in the Bay Area. And it's not just San Francisco, right? I know you do a lot of work in mm -hmm. the Bay as well. Um, yeah. Between, between those uh, communities and all of the, the companies that have sprung up and become really uh, big players in our economy in the last few years. So it, it's, it's inter mm -hmm. interesting to see that, first of all, there's, there's clearly a need for mm -hmm. the kind of work that you do, but uh, and, but it also seems from what I've seen in, in, in your work in Europe and, and mission graduates and a few others that you've been really successful at, at, at making those connections be, between folks. Yeah, well, I, I think that's something that really Genesis Works really believes in, and I, I, I felt the same way even at, when I, during my time at Europe, is that we really need to create this ecosystem. And um, one of the kind of a, a light bulb moment for me over the past 11 years was when we looked at our data and we looked at the graduates of our program and we realized that individuals that had been involved in some sort of other similar type of program prior to them getting to our doorstep had a much higher probability of successfully completing our program. So I, so I, I very much am a believer in forging partnerships with other community-based organizations. We are all working towards a very common mission yeah. I would be delighted if some of our graduates went on to the Europe program. And we work very closely with College Track um, and, and, and a lot of other different kinds of organizations that in one way or another, we are all connected. So I, I, I absolutely agree. And I, I think we've also been really fortunate. Uh, the, the Bay Area community, the corporate community has, has really welcomed us with open arms. And, um, and we, we've been able, I think a lot, of, a lot of this philosophy, it comes from the top down. And so people like Mark Benioff, the one, one, one model, uh, you're, you're seeing that replicate more often at other companies. And, um, and, I, and I think that it's, it's just something that we're seeing more happening more often here in the Bay Area. And I know we still got a long way to go, uh, but it's really great to see the progress that we've, we've made. That's great. And, and when we talk about having a long way to go, I want to get into that in a moment because things have changed recently. If yep. Some of you aren't aware. There, there's some differences in the last mm -hmm. couple of months. But and before I do that, could you, for folks who may not know, talk about what the 111 program or, or a model is? Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the 111 model is, uh, as, a, as a corporation, as a company, you are donating 1% of your time, 1% of your product, and 1% of your revenue. Oh. Yeah. Modest, so, but, but that makes a big difference for an organization like Salesforce, doesn't it? Yeah, when you're talking about a billion-dollar corporation, uh, that that does you know that that's not a drop in the bucket necessarily. That makes a difference. No, that'd be great. Um, all right, cool. So so you mentioned um, a moment ago that you got into this work because of the Great Recession, and mm -hmm. I've been reading probably a bit too obsessive, obsessively about the parallels and also the differences between the the recession that happened in 2008 2009 and the recession that's, that's happening now because of the pandemic. Um, um, so, so now, uh, we're, we're just a few months ago, you know, there, were, there was really low unemployment and then there seemed to be jobs for a lot of folks. Suddenly things are different. So, um, but I'm also imagining that the, the community that you serve are, are being affected, um, if, if not as much more so than some of the uh, corporations um, around uh, Golden Gate, you know, in, in Soma, in the East Coast. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Like, how is this, uh, how is this affecting the folks you work with? And, and how is it affecting your work as well? Yeah, so I mean, you're, we're hearing reports across the country that underserved communities are being hit hardest by this pandemic, both from a health and safety standpoint, both from an economic standpoint. And we are, that very much aligns with what we're seeing here in the Bay Area. Uh, so we, we uh, conducted a survey 
to just really try to better understand how the students that we serve are being impacted by COVID-19. And we found that um, over 50% of the individuals that, that responded to our survey had said that uh, at least one adult in their household had been laid off due to COVID-19. And over 40% are now the only ind individual in their household that is earning a consistent paycheck. We're talking about 17 and 18 year olds here. So I think it, it, it has absolutely impacted our community. A another um, statistic is that, um, well, an another kind of point of what we were researching, they also indicated that it was, um, so 29% indicated that they were in fear of, lo of losing, losing their housing. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's really real and it's really relevant. Um, and it really uh, emphasizes how important these types of programs are. I mean, we, we have to survive this. We have to get through this pandemic because we're going to be needed more now and at the other side of this crisis than we ever have before, especially for these communities that we're serving. Yeah, so then, but if you're talking about teaching people soft skills and, and, and hard skills, um, you know, you gave the example before of having somebody do a presentation in front of a classroom, you know, making eye contact, whatever, whatever. How do you do that now? I, I mean, uh, when, when everyone's sheltering in place. And it must yeah, it's really pose some challenges, right? It's a great question. So, um, you know, I, th I think that you're seeing this with a lot of um, businesses that you know, you're, you're having to now plan and redo, um, you know, projects, initiatives, training uh, two, three times. And so um, we are really working to adapt to what's happening right now in the market. So we've already transitioned. So our summer training typically happens in person. And for the first time ever, we are now going to be facilitating that virtually. And so, uh, so that's a shift in itself. So we are, we're training our own staff on, well, what does it mean to, how, how does that feel? What does it mean? What does it look like to facilitate virtually? Uh, we're tapping volunteers in a different way than we ever have before as well to ensure that our students continue to have those interactions with external stakeholders and champions. Uh, we, are, we are changing the content of our curriculum to cater to potentially virtual internships. We, at this point, we're thinking at least to start, potentially longer. Um, our next group of, of students are starting their internships in September, and we're already hearing reports that, hey, look, this, this will most likely be a virtual internship um, for the future. So, so yeah, we've, we've definitely had to shift, and I think um, we're fortunate that we are an organization that has been able to be nimble and agile. So um, I was just on a call earlier this week where we did a rollout of our, of our updated curriculum. And so we have uh, team members from across the country that are really working together on this. And I, I think it, it, it's interesting, but it really has even created even a more of a feeling for us, like we are all a part of the same community, regardless of what city we're in, um, especially because, I mean, this is something that's impacted communities across the US. Whereas historically, our Houston office, you know, they've been hit by a hurricane and, and, and it was very specific to that market. But now we are all facing these challenges. And so it really has created an opportunity for us all work to, to work together to resolve them. Wow. So I just want to ask you a question about an internship. Can you do an internship virtually? I mean, and what would that look like? Would you feel, well, how, how, would, you, how would you design that? How would that work? Mm -hmm. So the answer to that is absolutely. We're, we're seeing it happen. Uh, so it, you know, when, when the shelter in place first started, uh, we had interns that were overnight, some of them had to shift from being in person to virtual. Uh, some were able to do that a lot more quickly than others. 
And, uh, and so we are, we are definitely seeing that there, there are opportunities to continue that learning virtually. So if you're doing technical support, for example, those, you're working in a ticketing system. Someone, get lo someone has to, gets locked out of their account and needs to reset their password. That can all be done virtually. Uh, we, a manager reached out to us uh, just this week and, uh, and shared this incredible dashboard that one of our interns had created that their customers were using as kind of like this community dashboard around COVID-19. So we definitely are seeing that there are opportunities to convert op these internships to virtual. Uh, of course, you know, it, it's not ideal. We would like to have in-person engagement, but I think similar to a lot of other positions where we, before this happened, we thought ah, that'd be a tough position to do virtually. We're making it work. And, and I think that we were headed in this direction anyway, but this is just, it's just happening a lot faster, I think, than, uh, um, than we, we had anticipated. You mean you were, you were moving in this direction because a lot of the nature of work? Well, yeah, I, I mean, just similar to trying to adapt to the marketplace. I mean, a lot of work is, has being, is being shifted to virtual, and that has been the case for years now. And so I think we, we knew at some point, whether it was our training or actually our internships, that there would be some components that would shift to virtual. So this is really, it's, I think this was kind of inevitably going to happen anyway. And so we're just having to act a lot more quickly to ensure that quality isn't sacrificed while we're trying to make these transitions. And I mean, I think also just thinking about the skill sets that we're training for, how we're partnering with Golden Gate University and focusing on data analytics, you know, those, those are things that, that can, in a lot of ways, done, be done remotely and virtually. Mm -hmm. That's great. We just actually got a question in the chat. And I would ask mm -hmm. folks, if, if you like, um, put some questions in the Q&A, if you can see that on your screen. Um, but so we've already gotten a couple of really good questions. So I'm just one of them builds on this right away. So. But one thing that, that I know is a challenge for us at, at Golden Gate, um, we do a fair amount of online um, learning. You know, we have courses that are online and, and mixed mm -hmm. mode, and we have in-person courses when, when we did have in-person courses. Um, but one of the questions we always wrestle with is, is the one about um, building community. You know, um, how it, it's, it's a real challenge to build community online. It can be done, um, but it's a challenge. How much thought are you giving to that, or, or how would you say you've been yeah. successful in that? Yeah, so um, what we're trying to do is create opportunities to have smaller group sessions. So, and, and not necessarily, we're, we're decreasing the amount of time that we're facilitating just, you know, like a lecture, for example. So I think that's, that, that's one of the opportunities by creating in Zoom now. We, there are all these new features. I think every day there's a, there's a new Zoom feature that I think we're all trying to figure out and, and use. Um, so we're really trying to take advantage of that. And, um, and so I think that the opportunity to really break off and, and have some smaller group interactions uh, is, is, is something that we are, we've, we've already implemented into our, into our updated curriculum. We're also looking at, could there be an opportunity to, at some point down the line, meet in smaller groups, practice social distancing. You're seeing a lot of companies, uh, I mean, we were just discussing this during our quarterly board meeting this week, uh, that a lot of companies are shifting. So they're, they're, you can, you know, a couple days a week you're in the office and then the rest of the time you might be at home. So we're looking at some other types of opportunities where they can at least have some in-person interaction and engagement. Uh, but I, you know, I think it's 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 not going to be easy. We really you, we're, we're going to have to work at it, um, and we're going to have to be consistent with it. So I, so I think uh, we're also going to have a lot of learning lessons, continuing to have these learning lessons that will help inform how we build community in the future. 
Um, so I, you know, I, I, not to minimize, I think this is, you know, this is definitely a, a new challenge that none of us have, have faced before. Um, but you know, we still need to make sure we're capitalizing on those opportunities that we, we still have in front of us. Yeah, and, and I guess, right, you, you also want to think about peer-to-peer -peer interactions, right, how they get to connect with each other and share their experiences, not just uh, work directly with us or with you, you, you know, in this case. Um. Yeah, and we've had, I mean, we've, we've had several of our partners reach out and say, hey, we realize that volunteering may be a lot more challenging during this time, but we want you to know that we're still here. We're still ready. We want to engage. And so we're, we're now also creating, they're also part of our larger community. And similar, I'm sure, you know, what you experienced at Golden Gate University. And so we are making sure that we're continuing to provide those opportunities for champions to come in and really work with our students during summer training and, and beyond. So we're, we're still going to do things like mock interviewing and, and networking sessions. Uh, it, it may feel a little bit different, but there's still, we, we believe that there'll still be some really great benefits by facilitating these kinds of things online. Mm -hmm. And do students, all right, I'm shifting gears because I'm also looking at questions as, as people are, sure. as we're talking, but um, um, do students who complete the program get some kind of certification or a, a badge or something like that? Yes, well, <laughs> great point. You, uh, so thanks to our, our, this new partnership that we've formed with, uh, with Golden Gate University. So our students that complete summer training, and this is really, this is a first time we've been able to offer this with Genesis Works, so something that we're really excited about. Um, and, and I think it's also um, with, with workforce development programs, uh, we realize that there are multiple pathways to success. Of course, there's not, there's not just one, one option or one pathway. Uh, Genesis works still, when it comes to economic mobility, we still very much are advocates uh, for college matriculation. So I think this really emphasizes the importance of this partnership to us. So uh, students during that summer training, they'll walk away with three college credits and also a microcertification from Golden Gate University in data analytics. So uh, that's something that I think, I think in terms of um, the co their college applications that they can now put on, um, I was connecting with Oakland Unified School District earlier this week, and um, they're going to be able to enable um, us to work within their system so it automatically can get added to their transcripts and profiles. So, um, so yeah, so this is just a really interesting and great opportunity. And, we're already hearing a lot of buzz from our other cities wanting to do something similar. Uh, we, we, I, I, we're even discussing could Golden Gate potentially train some of our students in other markets as well, uh, now that we're virtual. So, um, so I think this is something that is not, it's not a short term. I mean, though we're, we're dealing with COVID-19, but even that virtual learning is something that I think can benefit us as we're really even looking at serving students potentially in more rural communities. Um, so, so yeah, so for multiple reasons, uh, this is a partnership that we feel like will enhance our program and, and really benefit our students. Oh, that's great. I, I totally did not mean that it to be a segue into <laughs> trumpeting, like, all the great stuff we're doing. I, I was thinking of something else. But right. That, no. thanks, for, thanks for working <laughs> no, that no, in. That was really helpful. Um, yeah, so the original plan was your, your, um, your students would, um, you know, be in a couple of different cohorts. Uh, one group would meet at the Salesforce Tower, which is just across the street from us um, in the morning, uh, and then come to us in the afternoon for um, this data analytics course. Um, and then, then the other um, cohort would, would swap, right? They'd be with us in the morning and then go to Salesforce in the afternoon for, for the other training that, that, that they're um, involved with in the summer, right? Now, of course, we're moving all of that uh, online for the, for the foreseeable future, but, um, but I guess if any course had to be adapted that way. It's probably a data analytics course because so much of it is working at a terminal and, and you know, there's certainly the interaction with the instructors and, and, and all that, but um, 
uh, it's a course that really is about the sort of permeability of the boundary between the in-person and online. So, um, and, and I should mention uh, CMX Zade is the person who really made that happen. And um, mm -hmm. since we're talking about it, and he might even be listening, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so CMAC has, uh, has just been fantastic to work with. Um, I think what's, what, what's great is that um, what we're seeing with, with Sia and you is, is just this really passion about working with students from underserved communities. And so it, I think it really makes this partnership work uh, that we, we both really see the benefit um, to the students. And, um, and so, so yeah, so we're June, June 15th, uh, we're, we're starting it off, we're kicking off our, our coursework. Oh man, that's really soon. That's like a month from, we should really get our act together, shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a couple other questions and I see one or two other questions have come in um, that I, I wanna get to. Um, so you touched on this a little bit already, but um, this is a question again that, that we're wrestling with. So I don't, I don't have an answer. So please, if you have one, tell me, you know, I'll know. Um, are, are you seeing anything that, um, you mentioned that you're already thinking about moving to a more virtual environment for, for some of these um, programs because that's the world of work that, that these students will, you know, be encountering after, after these programs. Um, are there other aspects of what you're having to do right now while we're, shel while we're sheltering in place that, um, that you see um, Genesis Works Bay Area uh, keeping afterward? Like, in other words, what are you learning um, about your approach or, 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 or the students' needs that um, you think you would be able to keep going forward, that maybe this was a valuable opportunity to learn something like that? Yeah, well, I think um, our goal is really to eliminate barriers so that our students are, are able to engage in programs like ours. And um, one something that we noticed is so we the the first uh, component of our program that we had to shift to virtual was our interviews for new students for potential new students and um, when you look at the the rate going from an application to, uh, to to an actual interview between inviting somebody and someone who might withdraw it's typically around uh, 40 to 50 percent and what we saw the outcomes after COVID-19 and transitioning these interviews to virtual it was actually closer to 70%. And so I think that for us was, was a really aha moment that, hey, it, it might be challenging at times to, whether it's finding, getting funding to just, or, or to be able to take public transportation, to come to our physical location, or sometimes it can be challenging just to get a ride. So I, I think that's something that was um, in, in some capacity that we, we may want to continue to just ensure that um, we're enabling more students to just be able to even uh, have an opportunity to, to interview with our program. So I think, I think that's something that was, um, that, that was a shift that we, we didn't know which way it would go. We thought, are we going to have not as many? Are we going to have more? And it, we, it was definitively more. So, um, so that, that's I think we're, we may continue to, to replicate in some way. Um, also, I touched upon this um, in terms of geography. Um, we, we've historically had to really try to stay close to the BART lines um, so that students were able to get to these to their internships. Uh, and, and this is something that is not just here in the Bay Area, it's across the country. The, the transportation is just a challenge, especially when you think about gentrification and, and a lot of families that are in more rural communities. Um, so I, I think that there's also an opportunity there uh, to try to serve potentially, um, whether it's working with a company that we maybe typically wouldn't have been able to, or working with students that 
typically maybe didn't have access to our, to our program because of the physical location. I think those are things that programs like ours really uh, will want to look at and, and adapt to, um, to be able to serve more students. So those are, those are two really immediate things that come to mind. I think something else to mention is that um, we, we are also taking a, a stronger stance on what are the skills that are being taught specifically at the internships um, to ensure that these are skills for the future. And I think that there's a difference between somebody, for, let's say for example, doing technical support, um, doing inventory and figuring out how many laptops and you know, asset management, things like that, versus being able to work through, a, through their online system and being able to do ticketing. So I think, I think it really has um, pushed us to make sure that these internships are really um, teaching our students skills that they can apply to positions regardless of where they're located. So you know, maybe if you're going to college here locally, you can take a position supporting end users in Nebraska, for example, wherever, wherever the case may, wherever it may be. Um, so I think that also is um, something that we're looking at and has actually caused some, some change um, that, that I think we can continue through, through at that, on the other side of this pandemic. Oh, no, that's great. You know, so, so two questions came in. You, you sort of touched on both of them, so I, I think we should probably mention them. Um, but one is, um, does, does uh, I think you already mentioned this when you mentioned like being able to work in Nebraska, for instance, while being in the Bay Area. Um, the question is, how does virtual delivery enhance or expand access for you? Like, does this give Genesis Works an opportunity to, to think beyond mm -hmm. like part access? For yeah, I, I think it's really, it's, I think it's both. In some ways it can be limiting, in other ways it enhances. In, in, in terms of being able to support students in communities that we maybe typically wouldn't have access to, I think that's obviously an enhancement. Um, however, this shelter in place has also been really challenging on certain individuals. So for example, if you don't have consistent access to Wi-Fi, that can be really hard to do online learning and, and have a virtual internship, for example. Uh, or if you're in, an, in a home where you have seven, eight people living with you, it can be really hard to find a quiet place to be able to just be on your laptop. So I think that um, we also really need to be aware um, of the negative impact and make sure that we're not going too far to one side um, so that those individuals are then left out. So, um, so that's, that's absolutely something as we're, we're even looking at our next cohort of students, we're sending out a text survey to make sure that all of our students are really able to, um, to get this, you know, the, to, to be able to have access. And so, um, and for the individuals that don't have that access, we're going to be um, providing resources for them. Okay, that you read my mind there. That was my question. Um, and yeah. can you also do an assessment of soft skills coming in, or is that just uh, a baseline that you assume about students? I, I can imagine that being more challenging. But we have a question about soft skills and how you integrate that, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Yeah. So, um, well, we do. Uh, I think during the interview process, there's there's some assessment. There's some soft skills assessment that happens um, just based on the questions that we're asking and. Um, things like body language. Uh, however, we also really um, want to be aware that that soft skills is something that you can absolutely improve over time. And so uh, just because someone might be struggling with eye contact um, and communication uh, dur during our interview doesn't necessarily mean that that individual can't be productive and, and can't be an excellent intern um, to one of our, our, our partnering companies. And so, um, so I think that we, we do have some flexibility on the front end 
Um, but then during, um, so then during the program, we are, we focus on just a, a different area depending on what week they are in the program. So whether it's presentation skills, whether it's building your network. Um, so we, we've um, launched a partnership with LinkedIn where we're actually utilizing their, um, their curriculum to help our students create online profiles, um, even get to their internship. So that way when they get to their internship, it, it's a lot easier for them to connect with other team members and as they're doing things like informational interviews. So, um, so that learning is definitely ongoing um, and, and, a, and a core part of our, of our curriculum is, is, is that soft skills development. Because as I mentioned before, it's something that's been identified as our partners as one of the main areas for them to be successful in these kinds of environments. Yeah, no, like, likewise for us as well. And you know, with us, it's uh, where our students are a bit farther down the line, you know, than, than the, the, the people you're working with, but we're also thinking about leadership and an understanding of diversity um, basically, emotional intelligence is, is really key. Yeah, and self-awareness. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. Um, so uh, I don't want to finish without uh, talking about the internships themselves, right? You mentioned that there were um, a number of organizations you work with, um, you know, who provide internships to, to your mm -hmm. students. Um, but I'm sure there are others who don't, who don't know about this yet. Maybe that's why they're here today. So um, can, you, can you talk about that a little bit? Um, how, how would one sure, sure. Yes, and that's a process that we really, we work collaboratively with our partners. Um, so if, if someone is feeling like, hey, I've never hosted an intern or we don't have an internship program, we can help you build one. Um, we, we've been doing it for a long time. Um, and uh, so we have job descriptions. Um, we, we, have, we do um, manager orientation, manager onboarding to really understand well, how do you best support an intern? How do you make sure that this is an ex a successful experience for all parties? Um, we then have point, um, we have program coordinators that continue working with that manager throughout the internship phase of the program and working with the students throughout that time as well. Um, so really it, it's, we, if someone is interested in learning about, well, how, what would it look like? We are absolutely, we, ha we can have that conversation. We can really guide as, as much as uh, someone would like, or if they already have a program, we very much can plug into, um, into their company's internship program as well. We work alongside a lot of um, university programs, for example, even though we start at the high school level, we do still provide additional internship opportunities for our graduates as they're, um, as they're, as they're matriculating through college. So, um, so yeah, so I think it's, it's, it's really having a conversation um, and, uh, and you can find out information through our website, uh, which is genesisworks.org. And that's uh, genesis, G-E-N-E-S-Y-S works.org. Uh, and you, it's two clicks of a, of a, of a mouse and, um, and you can set up some time for us to, to talk a little bit more about what your needs are and what an internship program at your company or on your team would look like. But, and I put that website uh, address at the top of the chat. It's the very first thing in the chat if, if folks are interested in, or right. if they've already forgotten the spelling because yeah, that was something we were talking about just before we got on, right? Like, uh, like who knew yeah. right, that <laughs> search engines were gonna be so fickle, right? Um, it's S-Y-A-S. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Um, no, that's really good. So we, we did get a, another question. Um, I think we talked about pieces of it. It, it probably relates to the soft skills com, um, conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's a question about teamwork. So uh, it, it's not only in the, um, uh, you know, in your regular program, but now that everyone's virtual, how, mm -hmm. how can you foster or teach uh, teamwork? Yeah, I mean, I think um, just having worked with at this point, countless cohorts, 
I think it's really important to develop that trust and camaraderie and community at the front end. So that's why we, at the beginning of our program, even before they get to our doorstep, we're really trying to provide opportunities for individuals to get to know one another. Uh, because you really, once you get to that point of where, where individuals are feeling like this is a sense of family, I think that's when you really um, are able to build teams that are very productive and um, and and just work together well. So, so I think that that the first part of building a team, even before you might break individuals up into teams, is, is just building that sense of community uh, with that entire cohort of individuals, with the staff members. So I think that that's something that we, we do, we put a tremendous amount of focus on uh, at the front end um, of, our, of our program. Um, and then also just giving individuals guidance and opportunities to work together on projects. So, um, so our goal will be to have breakout sessions, as I had mentioned, so that individuals can have opportunities to work on different teams. Um, and then also, you know, I think that, um, it's also about building um, a community across all of our alumni as well. And we talk about teams, yes, that'll be important as they're going on to their internships. Um, but really, I think the way that I look at our alumni is they're a part of this greater team uh, you know, of, of thousands of individuals. Um, and so really to help build that sense of community amongst themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's something that we're trying to focus more and more on is it's not necessarily about having a, a, I mean, yes, part of it is having a great relationship with our staff, but it's really about developing those relationships with one another. So, um, so I think that's something that we, we, we do really try to focus on quite a bit, um, and it's something that we'll continue to do. That's great, and you can see from the kinds of questions you're getting that this is the part of it that is, that people are wrestling with or, and, and are really interested in, right? Because there are, there are boot camps and things like that. People can teach skills, but it's this, this soft skills, this uh, teamwork, uh, this sort of less easily defined aspect of it that I think yeah. is so compelling. Yeah, and I think also it's about, um, it's also about enabling individuals to be open and honest with one another um, and to be able to provide feedback. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a big part of it. And I, uh, you know, I, I just was recently watching this, the documentary, it was at The Last Dance with about Michael Jordan. And during one of the, the moments, they talk about how they were at, there's you know, there this moment where they're, um, that at, at the beginning of the series and, and there's this conflict that arises. Um, and, and in the locker room, they had this opportunity where they, they really confronted one another and, and it got emotional, um, but it allowed them to move past that moment. And so I think that that also is something that um, just from, the, from what I've seen when we've been able to facilitate a lot of feedback moments and discussions, it seems like that also is really a great way of developing a team. Um, and, and, and enabling students to look at one another as, um, uh, as helping one another as opposed to creating this really competitive environment. I think it's okay to have um, competition, but as long as it's, it's healthy. So, um, so that's something that also is, has been really important when we try to build community is, is giving students the opportunity to give one another feedback in a way that feels productive and caring. Um, and that really, again, it goes back to building that trust. And so I think the, that has really helped us in the past build I think, successful teams and communities. Oh, that's amazing. I, this is really fascinating. I, I, I didn't know most of this, <laughs> which is part of the reason for the talk show so that I can learn stuff. And I hope others find <laughs> it interesting too. Um, you know, one other question I do have for you, and, and I, I think we'd, we're about out of time. Um, but um, so we talked about how organizations can find you, you know, and can participate in this internship program. 
How do you find the students? Um, are they referred or do they apply? Or what if somebody were interested in this? Yeah, so we, we have formal partnerships with schools across Oakland and San Francisco Unified. So that's mainly where we are engaging with students. Uh, so we are we're actually in the process right now of formalizing a partnership with all of Oakland Unified School District. Um, and, uh, and so we, and we have a MOU with San Francisco Unified School District. So we actually go in and, and present at high schools uh, and, and talk to them about the program and they have an opportunity to engage with us on our website. Um, however, there, if you, again, if directing people to our website, um, they're, they're actually, you, you can submit a, a form if you want to learn more about our program. So I strongly recommend individuals to do that. Also, I'm on LinkedIn, um, so I'm, I'm very searchable. So I'm happy to engage with anyone that might be interested in learning more about our program. So I would say either our website or really reaching out to me directly also. Great, great. And, and they can see your name right there. So, um, so right in the corner of your screen, right? It's Sahar Razai. So um, Sahar, I, I, I don't think we've, no, I think we're good. Um, um, so, so I want to thank you very much for, for talking to us. So, so again, I, I know a couple of people joined in late. I'm seeing the number of participants going up and down. This will be posted on the GGU website, under GGU Presents, I should say, and eventually to YouTube once we, you know, we're not techies. we got to figure that out. Um, but it's going to happen really soon. Um, but I really want to thank, thank you, Sahar. Sahar is the Executive Director of, of Genesis Works Bay Area. And, um, God, she's, you're probably busier now than you were before, right? I mean, it sounds like there's a lot to do. Yeah, I would say so. It's been interesting. I think it, it, I was talking to somebody saying, I think some people are less busy and others are, are more. We're, I think we're definitely in the more category, um, which, I, I mean, I, look, I think of that as a blessing. So we're, we're not complaining. <laughs> That's great. And, and um, somebody just thanked you in the Q&A um, for oh, your- Thank you as well. I'm going to read it for your philosophy and your delivery, I think is what it's saying. Um, all right. So anyway, this was, this was our first episode. And so hard. Thanks so much for being our, I guess, our guinea pig, you know, but, but I, I hope well, and nobody, I don't think was too embarrassed by any of this. I, I, I think it's great. Um, but thanks. And, and I'm looking forward to working with, with you this summer on our uh, project, right? Um, yes, we are as well. So that's great. Wait, we have some outro music, so you can't leave yet. We have to hear oh, the okay. outro. Great. And then uh, that's I'll how we know tight. it's over. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs>